welcome to mini episode 39 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do? To kick things off this week, we need to thank our newest Patreon subscribers. We would like to thank Disa Jonstottir. Shelby. Claudia Morris. Mae Davis. Tiffany Vance. Victoria Jones. Jacqueline. Thomas Washington. Jacob Leslie. Samuel Herman. Susan Wilson. Shakib. Ashley Bush. Cara Marco. Diana Metuk. Christine Gunn. Lee Boyle. Lewis Mullen. Dominique Lewis. Daniel Poli. Jennifer Kelly. Daniel Morgan. Kelly Logue. Devon Watson. Lauren Halcombe. And Amy Owers. Thank you so much for being our Patreon subscribers. Yes, we love thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. And we are thankful for you every day. We hope you all had a lovely Halloween and that you enjoyed it and that it was fun and that it was brilliant and that you had the chance to do some nice Halloweeny bits safely. Ate lots of candy. Yes, that too, which I know inevitably that I will have eaten lots of candy. <laughs> so I can guarantee that will have happened. I've got a couple of stories for you today. And the first one I think you'll enjoy. It's about picnics. It's not about picnics, no. but it is about something that you enjoy. Okay. Okay. So don't get too worried. I'm not going to traumatise you like last week with the skinwalker. Oh, don't. Last week. In with the niceties, out with the scarities. Yeah, it was like um, it was like she just built you up to tear Oof. you back down again. <sighs> Story number one comes from Rosie. It was one night last summer, during that insane heatwave where we had the hottest day ever recorded in the UK and everyone and everything was melting, including my mind as my dreams were very surreal during this time. I dreamt that I was driving down a long motorway when my fuel gauge flashed up, telling me to stop and fill up my tank. I pulled over at the next gas station and proceeded to fill up my car. I headed inside the station to pay, and when back at my car, I came to realise my car wouldn't start. And it suddenly dawned on me that I've put petrol inside my diesel car. It's an absolute nightmare. And at this point, I wake up in a cold sweat. But I don't think anything of it. And I eventually fall back asleep until morning. I wake up the next day, go about my day as normal. Sometime in the afternoon, I need to pop to the shops. So I jump in my car and start driving through town. And sure enough, my fuel gauge light comes on telling me to fill up my tank. So I pull into the nearest gas station. As I step out of my car, I'm immediately reminded of my dream and even chuckle a little and mouth to myself to remember to put diesel in instead of petrol. After I'm done filling up, I head inside the station to pay and then make my way back to my car and it starts no problem. When suddenly another customer knocks on my driver's side window, I roll it down. It's a young guy that I don't recognise who is pointing to his van behind me. He proceeds to ask me if I just filled my car up with diesel. And I said, yeah, why do you ask? He said, well, my van is diesel and I've just filled up my tank and now it won't start. I'm confused. Maybe the pumps have been switched or I put petrol in by mistake. Needless to say, this freaked me out. In shock, I just said, I had a dream this happened to me last night. He looked at me for a moment, laughed and said thank you as he turned to walk away. I got out of there and sped off to carry on my day explaining this to myself as some weird meaningless coincidence and tried to forget about it. 
but something about it felt weird and unsettling and intriguing. Maybe my very own glitch in the matrix. That's very glitchy. Maybe it was like it would have happened to you if you hadn't remembered, but because you remembered, it happened to the person behind you. It's like Final Destination. Except you dodged that petrol in a diesel yeah. engine, which is really. I mean, some <laughs> might say that is more annoying than death. <laughs> Can you imagine the movie Final, De- Final Destination Six, where it's not death that's chasing you, it's petrol? Oh, imagine! <laughs> and it's you, it's like it follows, except you're passing on <laughs> yeah. the bad luck to other people. Yeah. I do think there are weird synchronicities in the world and mm. weird coincidences where things happen and you go, huh, that was really strange. Or maybe I wasn't meant to do this. Or I dreamed about this. Or I had that terrible deja vu. Whatever it is. Or maybe the new pump wasn't as obvious as it had been and it was your guardian angel just giving you the nod to make sure you paid attention when you were filling up. Yeah. And then it was the man behind you didn't listen to his guardian angel. Maybe he had the same dream. Or maybe his guardian angel just wanted to cause a bit of mischief. Cause a bit of havoc in his life. <laughs> I do wonder as well that like, you know, it seems so insignificant to dream about putting diesel in your petrol car or the other way around. But actually for somebody, I'm not saying for this, um, for Rosie, but for somebody that could be their like, their final straw, it could financially ruin them. They might not have the money to get their car replaced. Do you know what I mean? And well, they might miss something important because it's going to take time and yes. sort it out. Like, even if you can afford the flushing of the petrol or the diesel, I can't remember which way Ram Rose's yeah. story was, but even if you can afford the flushing, it's going to hold up the rest of your day, isn't it? And you don't know what that might lead to. Or how that might impact your life. It's all so, sliding doors, isn't it? Oh, very sliding doors. And our second story today comes from Claire. We moved into this house when I was about seven or eight. We lived in a small house across the road. But when the old lady died across the way, my parents decided we should move in as it was bigger. I have a twin sister and a younger sister who was about three. The old lady died at the back door that led to the back garden. She was a heavy smoker apparently. But I didn't need to be told that because we used to smell it all the time. At one point, the back door got filled in, and we put a sink where it used to be. One afternoon, my twin sister and I were doing the washing up, and I can't remember if she remembers this, but suddenly there was an overwhelming smell of cigarette smoke. It was horrible, but completely disappeared very shortly after. I remember being pretty freaked out by it. My twin sister and I shared a room, and we would often smell old lady perfume in there. One time it was so strong I had to open the window and stick my head out because I could barely breathe. My twin sister, Rihanna, told me about her experience. When we shared a room and the bunk bed was in the middle of the room, I often had insomnia and couldn't sleep. On these occasions I would be wide awake and not sleepy at all. Our parents had stolen a cannonball from somewhere in Scotland years ago. Don't ask, I can't say where, they're planning on returning it next year. And it kind of just hung out around the house. It didn't really have a place. At one point, we were replacing the carpets upstairs, so there was only floorboards on the landing. I was having another sleepless night. Everyone else was out for the count. I know the homeless cannonball was on the landing for some reason. When I heard it roll across the landing, stop outside our bedroom door. And then it rolled back. And that was Rihanna's memory. These things started happening almost immediately when we moved in. Most of the things that happened still happen today. 
so they're not as scary as they used to be. Well, not all of them. The back door that was a sink got knocked through again and we built an extension. The door to the extension being exactly where the door was where the old lady died. There's something pretty off with the extension and no one liked going there by themselves at night. My younger sister would have friends sleep over when she was a teenager. They would stay in the extension because her room was the little room. One of her friends refused to stay over as she felt something malevolent in there. The door to the extension is in the kitchen and it's like panels of frosted glass. I don't know about anyone else, but when the door is shut, I've seen something walk past the door on the other side. You could be stood in the kitchen at any time, and in your peripheral vision you'll see a big drip fall from the ceiling to the floor. There's never anything there, and every single person in my family has experienced it alone and with other people. It's not a big deal, but it's pretty creepy. I was there house-sitting about three weeks ago and I saw it when I was completely alone in the house. One of the cats followed it from the ceiling to the floor. You can hear distinct footsteps going up the stairs. The steps are unmistakable. I've heard it in the night when my husband and I lived in that house and one time when I was in the house alone. I was in the lounge and heard the steps going up the stairs but then they carried on, which I hadn't heard before. The steps continued across the landing and I heard the distinct sound of one of the wardrobes opening. I grabbed my cat rags for protection and went to investigate. All the wardrobe doors upstairs were open, every single one. These were inbuilt wardrobes and clicked shut quite securely. I just noped back downstairs and shut the lounge door until my husband came home from work. The lounge is to the right of the front door as you walk in. The handle of the front door is really stiff to open. You have to really push down on it to open it so it makes an unmistakable sound. A clunk, a creak and a bang as it shuts again. Usually this happens when you're on your own but it has happened to me when I've been with my mum. You'll be sat in the lounge and you hear the front door open. Clunk, creak, bang. And then you expect someone to walk into the lounge but there's no one there. No one is there and the door is shut. I actually can't remember exactly how many times I've heard this, but it's a lot. My husband and I lived in the house for about six years while my parents lived abroad. He's a scientific guy, but a big X-Files fan. So is of the I want to believe ilk. I tell you, in the years we lived there, I experienced the drip and the front door ghost multiple times. My mum lives there now. My dad is still abroad for a couple more years and it's only a mile away from where I now live. And she told me this last month. She was in the lounge with her three cats and she heard the front door ghost. It's important to note that she lives alone. Not only that, but all three of her cats stopped what they were doing and looked over at the door. Completely freaked, eyes massive, and they just stared, not moving. My mum said they kept staring at the door for ages afterwards and it really freaked her out. It's probably best to tell you now that the next part of the story mentions suicide, self-harm and mental illness. The smallest bedroom in the house used to be my younger sister's room. She hated having that room as we were growing up. She always had horrible feelings being in there 
and a constant feeling of being watched. One time she had a waking dream or sleep paralysis episode where she saw our family dog jumped up at a stuffed animal hanging on her curtain rail, but our dog had giant curved claws. This was obviously just a dream but it really freaked her out. Once we had all moved out and my husband and I were living there, I used that room as an office or a studio. And that room had some bad vibes. I suffer with bouts of insomnia and a few other mental health problems. In the night, if I couldn't sleep, I would go into my office to either work or do vlogs for my personal channel. The little room seriously messed with my head. I'm medicated now, which keeps the crazies away, including hearing voices, audible and visible hallucinations and intrusive thoughts. Even when medicated, when I was in this room, I would hear things, whispers behind me. I'd be putting on makeup and see faces in the windows. I would have voices in my head urging suicide or self-harm. Have you ever played Five Nights at Freddy's? On more than one occasion, I heard the Freddy laugh outside the room door, which was behind me. I know these things just sound like the aforementioned mental illness, but I never experienced them in other rooms of the house at night while I was medicated. Sometimes I'd spend the night downstairs in the extension playing Skyrim, and I never heard it or I never felt anything like it. It was only in that room. It's like whatever was in that room knows me and knows what I find most distressing and was trying to get into my head. My twin sister also had experiences of the little room and she said that she had always felt uncomfortable in the smallest room. It always felt haunted and since moving out she had always refused to stay in there when visiting my parents. So much so that she would rather sleep on the sofa downstairs. Except for one occasion. The only space for her to sleep was the small room so she slept in the single bed with her infant son. The whole night he slept as well as tiny children do but she could only sleep facing the wall and all night she could feel this horrible presence behind her in the room it was so strong and she tried her best to ignore it until at one point she felt it creep right behind her and breathe in her ear it freaked her out so much that she instantly turned the light on screwed her eyes shut and hoped that nothing else would happen until morning her son has never had problems with the room he's four and he doesn't mind staying in the room by himself whenever they visit my parents. Throughout the whole time, my family and then my husband and I lived in that house. We had the same neighbours. They were a lovely old couple, who we lived next door to for over 20 years. My bedroom as a child and the bedroom my husband and I shared was at the front of the house and shared a wall with our neighbour's bedroom. Each morning, most mornings, through those 20 plus years the old guy would look out his bedroom window and tap on the windowsill this tapping reverberated through to our windowsill which was next to my head i remember the day the old lady died i was in and she just keeled over and died the guy was distraught running up and down the street asking for help i saw her being carried out in a body bag he stopped tapping in the morning He became very depressed and eventually, less than a year or so later, he died too, in hospital. He was so heartbroken to be away from her that he just faded away. The morning after he died, I heard tapping on the windowsill. The same tap that he used to do every morning. 
We moved out a few days later, so I'm not sure is that if the tapping still happens every morning. There are a few more stories from that house, and more to come, I would imagine. But this is all I can gather or remember for now. I got married nearly six years ago, and back then my husband and I were extremely tight for money. So much so that we didn't have plans for a honeymoon because we just couldn't afford it. He was a full-time teacher at the time, and I was at university as a mature student. So we had a wedding, and as a gift, my family friend gave us the opportunity to stay a few nights in a 16th century cottage they owned in a little town near the Yorkshire Moors. We were absolutely delighted, and two weeks after our wedding, we drove the three hours to the cottage. It was gorgeous. Small but cosy, peaceful and welcoming to begin with. Now, my husband swears up and down that he experienced nothing and felt nothing, but I definitely did. We were unpacking the car and I had this weird feeling of being watched. I looked around, but put it down to the cottage next to ours. Maybe the occupants were being nosy. There was something we had forgotten. It was something stupid, probably milk or tea. So my husband went into the town while I stayed back at the cottage to unpack and put the kettle on. Whilst exploring the little cottage, I could not shake a creepy, uneasy feeling like I wasn't alone. You know that feeling when there's someone behind you, following you? I had that constantly. I was unpacking in the main bedroom when I heard a creak upstairs. Like someone was walking from one end to another. I had full chills. I shut the bedroom door and carried on unpacking. More creaks, but on the staircase. Then I felt for sure that there was something on the other side of the bedroom door I had just closed. I stared but heard nothing else and told myself off for being a big baby. I told myself it was just an old house and they tend to make noises. Though I didn't leave the bedroom until my husband got back from the shop. That night I was in bed and I don't sleep well at the best of times and still feeling a little unsettled I was finding it hard to drop off. I kept hearing noises from the cottage next door. The bed was up against the wall shared by the one next door. The noises were small, but frequent. It sounded like wardrobe doors being opened and closed, people walking and things being moved around. Usual normal living noises that you'd expect in a bedroom. Except this was about one o'clock in the morning. I eventually fell asleep, and the day after was pretty uneventful in regards to the cottage. We spent most of the day out. That night, bedtime again, and I was pretty tired, so I fall asleep a little easier. Except this time, I was woken in the middle of the night by an absolute feeling of dread. I was under the covers and it was boiling hot, but I couldn't move. I was so scared, I felt like I could barely breathe, let alone move. Do you know that feeling of pure malevolence? Something that is just evil. That's what I was experiencing. I was so hot under the covers, sweating and struggling to breathe, but I couldn't move. I've felt this feeling before in my childhood home. You wake and you just know you're not alone and whatever it is that's in the room with you is not nice. Almost like it wants to hurt you or it hates you. I remember trying to wake my husband but he's a deep sleeper and my attempts were futile. I managed to let a bit of air under the covers in trying to wake my husband and the air was freezing. It was just a massive contrast to the stifling heat under the covers. I decided to just shut my eyes as tight as I could and try and fall asleep. 
which I eventually did. The next morning after, I asked my husband if he slept okay, and of course, he did. I didn't feel anything. I told him I felt something in the room that night. He's very scientifically minded, though, like I said, a huge fan of the X-Files. He likes hearing stories, but never experiences or really lends credence to most paranormal stories. I was so afraid to go to bed that night. It was our last night there, so we went out for a really nice meal, and I definitely drank more wine than I usually do, hoping that it would just knock me out. As I was settling to sleep, I heard the noises from next door again, but they seemed a bit more lively than before. Doors were slamming shut, and things were moving heavily across the floor. I figured they were insomniacs too, and maybe they were having a bad day. So that night I woke briefly to the feeling of not being alone, but I was able to almost immediately fall back asleep. The next morning we were packing up to leave, and as lovely as the cottage was, I told my husband that I wasn't really keen on returning anytime soon. I remember the feeling of being watched when we arrived and the noises from the bedroom next door, so I decided to repay the nosiness and have a look in the window of the cottage next door. And it was empty. Completely empty. No furniture, no decor, no carpet, no curtains, just empty. And it looked to have been empty for a very long time. There was dust and spiderwebs everywhere. I noped into the car and made my husband lock up and leave the key. I was done. No way in hell was I even looking at those cottages, never mind ever visiting again. My mum goes up occasionally when my family friends are overstaying in the cottage to see them and hang out and she's told them my experiences. They have their own experiences too and another friend who stayed there before refuses to stay there alone and only books a room in one of the local pubs instead. I wouldn't stay there either. <laughs> no. It's all that it's it's really frustrating because I feel like you could just write it off but then you get that confirmation of looking into it and it's empty you're just like oh okay well that was horrible. <laughs> And if you never looked in that window, like if Claire never looked in that window, she never would have known no. and she would never would have freaked herself out. Do you no. know what I mean? Yeah. Because it is like... But then at the same time, you've got to know, haven't you? Like there's that intrigue. You'd definitely look. Oh, I'm so nosy. I you'd 100% be, you'd would You'd be bopping around there in the middle of the night to see what was going on. Yeah, I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> you can have a, give us a look there. Do you want a hand? <laughs> like we live in... So we have our house and we have um, a house either side of us, obviously attached to us. And the walls are so thin. Like, so thin so thin I literally this is actually not an exaggeration I was talking to my neighbour one day and she our neighbour and she apologised to me and I was like what are you apologising for and one of us had sneezed in the bathroom and she went bless you like without even thinking about <laughs> and then she was like oh my god that's so embarrassing because <laughs> you know it's a natural reaction to yeah. say bless you to somebody yeah, yeah. when they sneeze and yeah. then she was like oh they're gonna think i'm so weird <laughs> oh if i'd have heard it i would have been freaked out because i'd be like what you'd be like oh my god we're haunted there's a ghost well at least it's a nice ghost then bless you you know that's that's one thing very true i'm very intrigued by that room though the one room the little room mm. Mm, that is a bit terrifying that house just sounds very haunted in general but that that little room is odds and it's funny how it doesn't have any impact on the child it's interesting as well how like she talks about her mental illness and how it manifested in all of those really negative ways, like audio hallucinations, all of that stuff. But that when she was medicated, she was fine. Yeah. Except for in that room. Yeah. And then her sister and other people had experiences yep. only in that room. Yep. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? It is weird. Sometimes I wonder if there's something to be said for 
and I don't mean this to belittle Claire's experience because that's not what I'm trying to say, but I, I wonder if there's something about feng shui and architecture. Do you know when rooms are sometimes just a little bit too small and that just creates the bad energy within them? Isn't that... Now, this could be totally my cultural ignorance, but is it Japanese people who are really into feng shui? Yeah, I think so. Then I think... what well, like. Forgive me if I'm wrong, because this is off the top of my head, and I haven't, I did not know this is where the conversation was going to go. <laughs> but I, I remember reading about like um, buildings in oh, potentially Japan, where they build them specifically to like not disturb water and to mm. face a certain way, and you know to have certain furniture, and it's yeah. all about good vibes and good energy. Yeah. Well, I, I think, and again, this is my naive understanding of it, but I, you know, I think Western ad- adaptation of it has been about where you place furniture in room, which is. Which is a part of it, but actually it's way deeper than that because yeah. it does, like you said, it does go into the way that the buildings are built. And sometimes I wonder if if building a building a room or a building in a certain way on a certain thing creates more negative energy than it would if you were to build it completely different. So, for example, if they were to knock down one of the walls of the of that small room and make it bigger, would the energy change? Haunted architecture with Dan. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just wondering. I've just, it's just made me think because I think there's, you know, don't you? You get vibes of places. I wonder if that's partly to do with it as well. What's that TV show with Kevin McLeod? Grand Designs. Except it'd be Ghost Designs. Yes. With Dan. Oh, how? No, with Kevin McLeod. I, oh, I don't know sorry. anything about architecture. Just, and just for listeners who have no idea what we're talking about, Grand Designs is a TV show where people with too much money build ridiculous houses and it's hosted by a guy, guy called Kevin McLeod, who is bizarrely attractive. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, will, I will fight that tooth and nail that Kevin McLeod is a very attractive man. I'm not going to dispute it because he's intelligent. <laughs> Full <So>. stop. <laughs> if you enjoyed this week's episode, you can find us on reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. You can send your spooky story to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can support us on Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get heaps of extra content. Thank you to Rosie and Claire for your stories today. And on that note, we shall see you next week. Bye.